Welcome to another episode of the Unhinged Biz Podcast. In this one, you are going to meet my very first business friend. I'm a huge fan and aggressive advocate of having a business, you know, besties or whatever you'd like to call them, but people who are in a similar industry that you can lean on for support uh, without feeling like, you know, you owe them something in return or whatever, but you, you both use your relationship as kind of a sounding board as you go down this wild journey. This is the cornerstone of building a successful business in my experience. Um, And we touch on that a lot with Ashley. Listen to this episode and hear all about making friends and leaning on people that you can trust to navigate this business journey. All right. So I feel like this is the, probably the best way for us to both start our day. I love that we're in the same time zone because we could just show up. I don't even have coffee yet. That's how it works for me. I'm like, here's my water. And I just think this is the most fun way to start because you and I met a long time ago. It feels like, I mean, probably yeah. a year and a half or so, maybe about that a year and, and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was like instantly you reached out to me and I was just like, oh, this is what we're doing. This is great. And nobody had ever really done that before. I think that I was in the summit for, or yeah, I think it was the done in a day summit or like whatever that was that she, mm-hmm. that Jordan put on. I forget what it was called, but I was like in there and I was just about to go on live with her for like a hot seat. And you just messaged me and you were like, Hey, you're going to do great. I was like, who is this person? This is so sweet. So have you always been just like, Hey, or was this a business thing that just came on, you know? Yeah. Oh, this is, I'm kind of chuckling about this now because I am an introvert. I don't like socializing. I don't like putting myself out there. A lot of people are surprised when I say that because I come off as very extroverted, very like welcoming, which is good, Mm -hmm. but it wipes me out afterwards and I'm always very uncomfortable doing so. So in real life, it's hard as heck. And then the pandemic happened and I was very happy in my little isolated cave. But since entering the online business world, (laughs) I realized if I don't do this, if I if I'm not putting myself out there, like I'm not going to meet people like clients, but I'm not going to make friends. You know, you go from working in an office, having coworkers, you can pop into their office, like at whatever point for, you know, a bathroom break or whatnot and like chit chat on your way. Yeah. The water cooler conversations. And I, I, it was like, if I don't do that, I'm not going to have that. And I think we all need relationships, especially in online business, because, you know, we just sit in our computer. So at that conference, particularly, I was like, okay, really got to put some effort in and who are the people who seem cool and really participating and not just like being very transactional and like, I do this and I'm looking for these kinds of people. I was like, who's like, in here very organically and so you were one of those people who was like participating in a very organic and fun way and I was like I gotta be friends with her so (laughs) here we are year and a half later doing your podcast so yeah yeah it's really weird for me that that's how you described me because I'm like that doesn't sound like me at all but I think in that scenario (laughs) it was different because I was so pumped on it because I was I had just started I'm gonna say a handful of months, maybe three months before I had just launched, you know, on my own. And so I was like, it's kind of the same in real life. (laughs) I'm terrible at talking to people and just like walking up and being like, Hey, how are you? You know, that's not me. But in this industry and in this like internet verse, I feel like it's less like a low risk situation because you're Mm -hmm. just like, hi. And then, you know, if you 
if they're, if they ignore you, then that's it. But my daughter just started kindergarten. This, this reminded me of you when she told me this, but my daughter just started (laughs) kindergarten and I was like, Hey, have you made any friends yet? You know, it's only been a week. So I'm like, have you made any friends? And she was like, yeah, I have. I was like, Oh, wonderful. Is that, is that easy for you to make friends? Like what's, what's it like to make friends? And she was like, well, you just go up to someone you want to be friends with. And you say, do you want to be friends? And then they say, yes. And then you're friends. And I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Silly me. I didn't, you know, I didn't realize that's how it went. And then when she told me that story, I was like, Oh, that's actually kind of how I became friends with a lot of the people that I have connected with, like on a, (laughs) on a pretty, legit level in the Mm -hmm. last two years. So yeah, that just made me think of you because that's basically what happened. Cause I feel like, you know, (laughs) we just, we just always stayed in touch after that. And thank you because you were my first friend. You're my first business friend. (laughs) Well, you know, I do love dropping into people's DMS and, you know, with you, we chit chat about all sorts of things, including Bridgerton whenever there's a new season and stuff like that. So it's, you know, this is where also like the power of voice notes is really great. And, oh. you know, I, some people laugh though, when they see how regimented I can be about keeping up with people. Like I have a recurring task in ClickUp that has a list of, of like course. all of my favorite business pals and it'll pop up, you know, once a week. And then I'll just kind of go through the list and be like, who have I not bothered lately? <laughs> I always am like, um, you. how's it going? <laughs> of course you have a click up task. Okay. So that's something that I, I, we talked about a little bit before, but like, that's something that is really important for me to find people who are the opposite of me and how they run their businesses, because that's something I can learn from, you know, and I really like having, what is that phrase? Everybody everybody quotes it, but it's like, you know, the five people you spend time with, you're like an average of the five people you spend the most time with. And so I'm like, okay, cool. So I need to hang out with a bunch of rich people and organized people, (laughs) you know, because then (laughs) that's me. And, and I think that that was something that you've told me that before about the checklist. And I'm like, oh, well, what's that like? What's it like to be so on top of shit? So do you ever feel like you are like, is there something where you're like, this is a disaster? <laughs> and if you don't want to share, that's okay. I totally understand. But like, this is we're we're very, we're very open. This is safe space mm-hmm, here. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I'm like laughing when you were saying like, what's it like to be so structured and organized? You know, like most things in life, when it's like your biggest blessing, it's also your biggest curse. (laughs) Because the structure, I will say having structure, being organized means that when things get crazy, I have something to fall back on and some stability and reliability. So you know, and it makes me more efficient. I get more things done. And it that that aspect is great, especially as a solopreneur. Mm. And then on the flip side, I think sometimes I get very caught up in my own head. And I think especially being an entrepreneur, it's like really difficult then sometimes to get out of my own head and think outside the box sometimes. And oh, if yeah. anything... In the last, I mean, I've been running my own business since twenty twenty one. No, earlier than twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty. It was during the pandemic. Twenty twenty. <laughs> and I, you know, in the beginning, I was like, okay, there is a set formula to follow, and then I'm gonna have success. And we both know, oh. and everybody knows, that is not what entrepreneurship is. You try things, things fail. You try again. It doesn't work out as great as you hoped it would. You take all that information, reshuffle, and we're in a constant evolutionary cycle. So for somebody like me who likes structure and organization and predictability, it's like the most hilarious thing that I'm an entrepreneur sometimes. I'm just like, how did I even get to this point? And Mm -hmm. I'm just in the beginning stages of another like reiteration of my business. And this time around, I actually feel like I'm 
I'm caring less in a good way. Like I'm trying to be a little bit more yeah. open-handed with it. And I've been finding it a lot more enjoyable. Man, this this answer's really gotten away from me. But anyways, um, that's good. To bring this full circle, the structure and organization, I think everybody, well, every entrepreneur needs some level of it. Because yeah. if without it, I think things just go to shit. You know, it's just yeah. You don't have anything to hold on to. At the same time, you need to have the flexibility and the creativity because you need to be innovative and flexible. So, yeah. Yeah, I I hear you. <laughs> and I want to talk about your shifts that you've been doing because when I, when I first met you, you were doing something. Now you're doing something a little bit different. And now I think you're transitioning into something else. So, so I want to kind of talk about that what you're saying about the evolutionary flow that we just are always going through. Like when I first started, I was writing content on retainer. Mm -hmm. That was all. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to really do anything else. That's not true, but for the most part, like that's what I felt confident in. And then it, you know, I've, (laughs) I've changed (laughs) probably too much because I'm always in this, like, state of chaos and 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 that's kind of where my baseline is I like it that way because I like newness all the time Mm. so what I want to know for you is how is um how does it feel to pivot what you're doing or like shape shift your offers and things like that because when you know we all know that we need systems in place so that we're not wasting time and things aren't you know, falling apart. So what do you say to people or how do you use this yourself? But when you have systems and then you're like, oh, well now I'm doing something different. So Mm -hmm. is it easier to have a system that you just tweak or is it sometimes you have to just completely overhaul and do a new one? You know what I mean? How Mm -hmm. do you kind of figure that out? Because my I've told you this, my resistance to having like really solid systems is like, well, what if I don't want to do that anymore? Yeah. What if I don't want to do that offer? Mm-hmm. I'm going to preface this and this is going to say, this is going to sound a little self-serving, but I'll explain why it makes more sense. So it's I fine. Think We're here to make money. The, it's okay. Well, I think part of the reason, the whole reason why I've been able to make as many shifts and pivots in my business as I have in the last, you know, like three and a half years with relative, I don't want to say ease, but without things just like imploding on me has been my weekly CEO day. And for people who don't know, who are listening in, I am known on these internet streets as the CEO day lady. (laughs) I equip business owners and entrepreneurs with CEO days and CEO systems so they can manage the health and wealth and growth of their business. And I was just even saying earlier, I am so, I feel like I'm a broken record by saying the same definition of what a CEO day is, but I have to say it. Otherwise, what I'm about to say won't make sense. (laughs) But CEO days is just a weekly block of time that you set aside every single week. You don't do client work. You don't do any of the service delivery aspects of your business. You are in full CEO mode, working on things that will move your business forward so that you are more proactive. You can be strategic. So because I'd been using a CEO day from the very beginning of my business, even when I was back in the early days, I was an OBM and then I moved more into strategic planning and coaching. And then things started to shift even more into CEO days to where I am now. But I was doing a CEO day long before and even in my corporate job. So I think because I had my CEO day and I consider a CEO day a CEO system, because I had that in my back pocket, it made the evolving process a lot less bumpy. I think if I hadn't had it, it'd be a lot crazier. And I I mean, I don't even want to think about what it, it could have looked like. Um I can probably tell you it was a disaster because I've probably (laughs) lived whatever you're afraid of. (laughs) I've done it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and I think that's been the saving grace for me. And I believe in CEO Day so much and I've seen the impact it's had on my business to the point where I was like, well, 
I want to share this with my clients. And then that's when, when my clients started you know, getting really excited about CEO days, then that kind of made another natural shift in my business to talking just about CEO days. And that was, I think that was one of the biggest shifts and possibly the scariest going from something that I had been doing for a really long time and doing something very different. Yeah. Yeah. So tell the people what you used to do versus what you're doing now, because it's, I think, I, I want to say it was a lateral shift, but I also, that's first from my perspective. So like it could, it has a little bit of flavor too, because it was, and it's something that is very interesting. I really like <clears throat> what you ended up doing. So you used to do a VIP day mm-hmm. for setting people up with CEO systems. And then what happened? Well, even before that, so I had a VIP oh, yeah. day. That was strategic planning. I sat with entrepreneurs. We came up with a 90-day plan in the context of a full year. That was great. But then a lot of people were saying, Ashley, I love this plan, but I'm having a hard time staying accountable to it and finding time in the week to work on it. I was like, well, I do a CEO day in my business. And then I would tell them about that. They would put one in place and they got, and then they were like, oh, great. Then I was like, well, there's something here. So then I started offering a VIP day to help people set up their CEO day. And that's when things started like clicking and taking off a little bit more in my business, which was exciting. And then I realized this was, ah, I'd say six months ago, actually less. Let's be real. I mean, we're in August at the time of this recording. I realized the people who really need CEO days and the people who are in my audience aren't the people who have the dollars or even the time to invest in a VIP day. The people who need CEO days are the people who need it like yesterday. And I was like, how do I make this more accessible for the people who want to CEO day, need the guidance, but just don't have the dollars to invest in a four-figure VIP day, which is a great offer on its own, but not accessible, which I'm sure you have experienced this as well as a VIP day provider. And so then I kind of made this like gutsy decision, which I mean, this was the second probably scariest decision I've, or scariest pivot I've made in my business yet. (laughs) And I decided let's take the VIP day off the table and let's make this into a course (laughs) and <laughs> move into more of the digital product realm, which I'd never done. Yeah. And launched my course very successfully, in my opinion, in July. Yeah. And it's it's sparked a whole now a whole new shift or renaissance in the business. <laughs> I'm chuckling over, but it's just interesting with how entrepreneurship really surprises you. You think you've seen it all. And then something different happens and you're like, well, here we go again. Yeah, that reminds me of the episode of Sex in the City where Charlotte finally marries Harry and then he like moves in and he just starts walking around naked and like leaving his tea bags everywhere. And you're like, she's like, I thought I knew you. And then all of a sudden he's naked with his like literal tea bags all over the place. And I'm just like, (laughs) yeah, that's kind of how it is because it's you, (laughs) it's this thing that you created and yet it surprises you constantly because you're like, wait, what, what's happening now? What is going on? And I really like how turning your VIP day into a course, I'm sure that was a scary thing because like you have to charge less for it, but also you can reach more people with it and support more, you know, more business owners are going to be able to benefit from it. And so that was probably a hard decision to make, right? Yeah, it was, I think it was, it was hard, but also easy at the same time, because it was like a no brainer. The people who need this need it. And I think This is one of the fine lines that a lot of us business to business service providers have to consider is you want to help as many of your fellow uh, entrepreneurs as possible, right? You want them Mm -hmm. to see success. And one of the ways to do that is to make things accessible with like the price point. And 
Mm -hmm. honestly, like it was the right call for me. It's not maybe some, for some people, it's not the right call or not the right time, or they go about doing it in a way that like doesn't work for them or their audience, but it was the right call. And I'm, I'm happy I, I did it. Yeah, I agree. D- okay. So this is normally the point where I'm like, so what's the most unhinged thing that you've done? And if it's that, that's okay. We could, we will keep uh, talking about it, but I love to ask, you know, what's something that is very popular advice that you instinctively are just like, that's not for me or yeah. What's something that is maybe somebody directly told you or a coach told you, and you were just like, no, (laughs) and you're happy that you ignored those things, you know? Yeah. I'm kind of laughing, but you're the one asking me this question because we were in the same kind of container for a long time. We know a lot of the same people. Yeah. So you pro- you probably heard the same information that I was hearing, but at one point there was a lot of conversation around launches. And I mean, in the last year and a half, I have success. I have tried to launch three different things, uh, two group programs, and then this course. And the first two flopped. I call them my learning lessons instead of launch failures. But a lot of coaches that I was listening to that I respect a lot and I owe a lot of my business to and some other really big names of people that, again, I respect these women and what they've done for the industry and how they I keep learning from them. I've been in a bunch of these programs, but they're always around launches. It's always like, you should do this, then this, then this. These are the kinds of emails you should send. This is the kind of timeline you should do it in. These are the messaging points. This is how you should go crafting your, your offer statements. Da, 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 da. It would seem like there was this perfect formula, right? Of mm. if you do this, then this. But the two your first dream. launches. Yeah, right? Like me, framework, <laughs> checklist. I was like, great. You told me exactly what to do. I'll go do it and it'll be great. And I yeah. did follow all those steps. I got the coaching. I got the support and those launches failed for various yeah. reasons. I, it's not because of what the coaches shared precisely, but I think the degree to which I fervently followed it and completely missed the mark in different ways. And then with the launch for my, my course that happened in July, before I went into that, I decided screw all the frameworks, screw all the advice I've been given. I'm going to just go back to the drawing board and I am going to do this launch in a way that feels good to me. And that makes sense to me and my audience. And if that means I'm not sending out a bajillion emails each week, fine. If that means I'm not putting out a piece of social content on Instagram every day, fine. I'm going to do it my way. I don't know what my way is, we're going to figure it out. And lo and behold, the launch worked out. I have students. It's great. It's evolving. I'm planning on my next launch in the fall. So I, it was just one of those moments where I was like, I, I learned from what didn't happen in the previous times. Yeah. I really think that it's so hard to tell the difference between I'm scared of this and this doesn't feel right to me Mm -hmm. because that's, I think where we get very confused of like, I don't know, that just doesn't really seem like something I want to do. And then you do it and it shows because you're like, it just, you know, it didn't feel right to begin with. And now it's, I was right. It didn't work. And then also I'm scared of doing these things, but then there's also that like, other layer of but I know that this is the right call like even though Mm. I'm scared so I feel like that might be exactly describing what what was going on with your third launch where you were just like I don't know why this this shit this doesn't make any sense but it's gonna work and it did you know yeah Um, yeah that's that's kind of the energy I'm I like to go with is like it shouldn't make sense but it does And I don't care, (laughs) you know, Yeah, I don't care why it doesn't make sense. 
so, okay. So now you're doing, now you're a course creator. You've got the course, you've got the course, live in the course life. So, so is that like the thing for you now? Is that going to be your primary? Well, I guess for until you think of something else and new and fun to do, but like for now, are you, is that your signature offer? Yes. And yeah. who knows is the answer. <laughs> yeah. It's a yes. And that's fair. I, I am, I, I call myself a CEO system strategist because I really do love systems. I love Airtable. I love ClickUp. I love just thinking through processes, but I'm also a strategy person. I mm. love thinking through those big decisions, really distilling down what should you actually be focusing on. I am this I have a lot of friends who are creatives or who own a creative business or creative hobbies or just are creative thinkers. And they're always like, Ashley, we need you because we sometimes are so all over the map and you just like listen to us rant for, you know, 30 minutes, an hour. And then you take 10 minutes and you completely just like chop off all the extra stuff we don't need and give us like the three focus points and action steps to actually go do the things we've been wanting to do. And so I love all of that. That's where CEO days have been so much fun for me. And I, I mean, I, 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 I'm spreading the CEO day gospel, as I like to say. So that course is going to be there. I have lots of plans to make it even better, but I'm now kind of moving into this. How can I equip CEOs and solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, even more with tangible things? How can they take all of that creative energy, that creative chaos, or just general chaos and actually start taking action, start moving forward. And I am in the next, from again, from where we're recording in the next two weeks, I'll be launching my CEO systems corner shop, which will be a template shop with CEO system templates and mini courses. And I'm just going to keep adding stuff there because again, tangible assets. So there'll be strategy involved of like, this is how you want to use these things why this is helpful. And now here's the template go do and, you know, live your best CEO life. So, and and then I'm going to revisit my service offerings because I just, it's, I've been not really digging into my services, I think, because I'm a little scared of what I'm going to uncover with myself of, oh, what was I thinking with that in the past? But I'm, I'm excited and I'm hopeful I, I really don't know what the business is going to look like in the next six months. And I think previously that would have like absolutely like scared me shitless. <laughs> but mm. now I'm like, this is how entrepreneurship works. I'm going to be uncomfortable quite a lot of the time. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that being okay with being unsettled at most times is just like one of those rites of passage and I I it is not it's kind of like either way either decision that you're gonna make there's going to be some kind of feeling about the one you didn't make like you know so it's I I talk about this a lot with parenting like either either choice you make you're gonna feel guilty so it kind of translates here though, because, you know, it's like, if I didn't, if I just stuck to my guns and like decided to keep it a a VIP day, I would have felt bad that I can't reach more people. And, you know, and then if I get rid of it and turn it into a course, I'm going to feel bad that I can't offer the VIP, you know? So you just have to decide what is the thing that I'm going to feel less guilty about. And then I'm gonna do that one. You know, it's, it's a roller coaster. And I think that's something we haven't heard a lot from the people saying, Hey, come start a business and buy my course. And I'll show you how to, you know, do all the things like it's the warnings of, by the way, you're going to be an emotional wreck most of the time. (laughs) It's just, I I feel like it's not spoken about enough because I want to feel like, okay, everyone else is having these days of like, you wake up and you're like, I'm never going to sell another thing. (laughs) And then you start the day and you're like, everything's fine. Right. Mm. So you, 
okay so tell me about how the emotional stuff has like how you've worked through all of those things because you've been in business longer than me and I would just yeah I would you've probably had more pivoting man the emotions this is something that you know I'm actually really glad we're having this conversation because this is not something that I get to talk about or share about yeah Typically, (laughs) when talking in relation to all of like the business pivots, I think, again, this is the thing that we don't talk about as much. But initially, when I started the business, you know, we were the height of the pandemic. And I think everybody was all over the place with emotions. But again, as the introvert, I, I enjoyed it to an extent. But then, you know, as we were coming out of the pandemic, and as I was getting my feet under me with entrepreneurship, I realized pretty quickly that I needed to do a better job taking care of like me physically and emotionally and mentally living alone again stuck in your head a lot so I made a lot more effort to build a business community that was just as uplifting and encouraging and also would speak truth to me when I needed to hear it as what I had in my you know personal life And that's taken some time, but now I have a really rock solid group of women who we hop on a mastermind call every week and we're on Voxer every day. And I I mean, I, the little ways that they have helped me and supported me as a person has been huge, not just as a business owner, but I, in the last year, with all the pivots and shifts into CEO days, establishing myself as the CEO day lady. And as I was making all of these, you know, offer pivots, was realizing my emotional health was like absolute trash. Like even Mm -hmm. with all these good support systems. And I actually, like it got to the point where I was sitting with my parents for dinner one day and I said, I think I need to move back in. Would you be open to that? Because I've been living on my own for like five plus years at this point. And my parents were like, Ashley, we've been talking about this and we've been seeing how life has been going for you. And like, we were going to ask you to come move back in because that we just think you need that. And I was like, I think I do too. So Mm. around the same time as I was launching my course, I moved back in with my parents. I'm 30 years old, single female moving back in with her parents after having lived independently for quite some time. And, you know, it has been, I mean, it's been about two months now and it has been a really good thing. I'm, I've been waking up to go to the gym at 5am every day. I've been eating better. I've been sleeping a lot better and my emotions are a lot more even keel. I'm more hopeful and it's, it's, helped with the business. I can literally see how I have more energy and excitement around what I'm doing. And I'm just a really grateful for my parents and letting me come back. (laughs) But it also, it was a hard thing to give up some of that independence, not some, all of my independence, right. Of, and self-reliance. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, Ashley started her own business. Ashley's such a go-getter. And again, what we were saying earlier, she's got structure, she's organized, like she'll take on the world. And, you know, I mean, not that this takes any sort of accolades, but in high school, I was voted most likely to succeed, right? And when you have something like that hanging over you going into college and then grad school and all that, it felt like a big like gut punch of needing to do this like to come back and admit like no I can't do this all on my own but again it was a really good decision and the business is really benefiting like like who knew that if you took care of your emotional health good things (laughs) nobody talks about that (laughs) right yeah uh yeah well okay so thank you for sharing all of that because that I guarantee that is relatable to so many people. I wish I could move back in with my parents, but I have like a family and stuff and I have to take care of them and all of that. But uh, it's like, it's so nice when you can set aside like the ego and just say, okay, I believe so much in myself and what I'm doing that I, I am going to remove all the other things that are getting in the way of me really thriving. And that is a great solution to that. I've noticed whenever I'm not worried about 
anything. (laughs) I have so much more energy for just doing stuff and creating things and like reaching out to people and be like, oh, hey, did you want to, you know, whatever, like initiating collaborations and stuff like that. When I have energy for that stuff, because I know everything else is not an issue or everything else is taken care of in my just regular life, it's such a relief. And I applaud you for taking that step because I totally understand. I've I've moved back in with my parents with my family at one point and it was it was actually fine, <laughs> but it was definitely not what I thought it was going to be. And so those types of things and decisions that we have to make they're just a blip because now I forgot we even did that. Like, you know, that was like a few years ago. I forgot we even did that. And now if you had told me where we would be now based on then I wouldn't believe, you know? Mm -hmm. And so this is just like a blip in the story. And like you were saying earlier about, it freaks me out that I don't know what's going to be, what my business is going to be like in six months. Well, you're doing better with it, but like that, that uncertainty it is can be a little stressful. And then when you were saying that, I was like, oh, that's what I like the most is that I don't know what's going to be happening in six months because there's just a constant movement. And I don't, are you into human design at all? Not a whole lot. I have a lot of people in my life who are really into human design, but I've yeah. been told I should look into it more. I mean, shoulds are, don't worry about that. Like if you feel like you want to do it, but I recently got a reading, I think is the right term. And this person told me that I need constant change. Hmm. And I was like, that's weird because I have, like, I have, have, we have a mortgage I have a kid, I've married, like I have all the things that are just like very (laughs) stable. And she's like, yeah, but you need that stuff because that's how you're able to like constantly have the change and it not make your life fall apart. So like you need both. And so I really like that you can still, now you can focus on that structure that you want to create in your business and also have the extra capacity to change things around and like figure out where pieces are going to move. Yeah. You know, the other thing that I, I feel like also is a big part to this kind of for me and my story with the business and just everything too, is like, I work a four day work week. Yeah. And so doing all these changes with a four day work week, and that's by choice because I take every Friday off to be the caregiver or Yes. Watching my bonus niece. So this is my best friend's two-year-old, almost three-year-old. I joke that she's two going on 20. But mm-hmm. we've been having Auntie Auntie Bean Day for, you know, since she was born, basically. And, you know, again, there was that stable point every Friday. It didn't matter what kind of chaos was going on in the business. And no matter how much work I still had left to do for the week or carrying over, like I would be dropping everything and going to do this because, you know, my best friend needed me to watch her kid, but it has turned into such a delightful thing for me and my biz for me and then impacting my business because I'm getting this time with somebody who doesn't have those kinds of stressors or filters and just takes the Mm. world as it is very joyfully and inquisitively. And it's not only like a break from, you know, being in the business, but also so like, it's such a good reminder to like, go to be like seeing how this little kid is growing up and going, starting to explore and experience the world. And I was like, I should be doing that with my business. And I mean, you get it. There's some delightful parts of being a parent and there's some hard parts about being a parent. Same thing with being an auntie, but uh, you know, I think business, we're just in this constant, people call it like a cycle or seasons, right? I mean, I we used those terms in this conversation, but yeah, I think it's it's less an evolution. I think it's less linear or even up and down as we, you know, side to side. It's a very three dimensional. I guess oh, is yeah. what I'm 
I'm trying oh. to get at. And yeah, it's it's not just, you know, you can take one fork or the other fork in the road. It's not, oh, go up or go down. It's just like all of these factors. If you're looking at like a, a three-dimensional cube from the outside, right? Like you could go any which way at any angle, any plane. And I think it's one of the delightful but also scary things. <laughs> yeah. There's always going to be that scary uh, flavor of something that's like feels exciting too. And when you were describing the cube, I was thinking of in the movie Interstellar with Matthew McConaughey, he's like a astronaut. But anyway, when they find the space time continuum, I don't know what they call it in there, but it's just all of these different layers and it's not a linear thing Mm -hmm. and you know time is a lie (laughs) and so is a smooth business journey right like it's just not it's not meant to be and that's why when uh coaches or whoever say like here's my roadmap that you could just plug and play and it's like but there's always variables and I'm not saying that they don't work but there's always variables and it's it's not guaranteed to be a slow or slow, a steady journey. <clears throat> yeah. It's yeah. One of these, a ramp thing. <laughs> and I was, I was also thinking about, about this when we think, Oh, what would I tell myself when I first started? Do you have an answer for that? Or would it just be just fucking go just try it? You know, <laughs> I, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But yeah, I, I think the the thing I would have told myself that I really need to be open handed with this, because again, like again, full circle of conversation. I like my structure. I like my systems mm-hmm. because they give me flexibility, right? Like they give me the ability to take the punches as they come. I just don't like it when the punches are one right after the next, (laughs) which is what entrepreneurship feels like these days. But I think I would really want to tell myself to like be very open handed with it and not necessarily see things as punches, but more of like redirection taps. It's a love tap. It's Um, a love tap. (laughs) (laughs) It's a boop. I definitely understand that. And I, I was thinking about this the other day, like, what would I tell myself? I feel like I just wouldn't want to change anything because Mm. even though it wasn't necessarily a great time all the time, but you don't know what you'll learn from something that goes askew. You don't know what you're going to learn from that. And so how else would you have learned it? If you didn't right. make those mistakes or, or have that flop launch or have a client that was like an absolute turd, you know, like what, how yeah. would you learn those lessons otherwise? Right. It's, it's the expectations game, right? What kind of expectations do you set yeah. for yourself and your business or for other mm-hmm. people for that matter? And I mean, maybe I should have mentioned this earlier, but I'm an Enneagram one. Our biggest thing is setting expectations for ourselves. <laughs> high expectations that are unachievable and then we get really down on ourselves uh, when we don't hit them so that's why i say like be a little more open-handed and translation for my enneagram self is the expectations <laughs> don't need to be so high it's inevitable i'm gonna set expectations but be gracious with yourself maybe that's a better way to put it let's just say i changed my answer <laughs> be more gracious with okay. yourself. that's what yeah. i would have told myself very simply be more gracious yeah. And don't give up on what you believe. I think is there was a time when I was talking, I was like boxing Devin Lee and mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. And I, I feel like, did I make a huge mistake? And she was like, this is where people quit and you are not people. So don't quit. And I was yeah. like, yes, ma'am. And I did not do that. And then here we are. And, I was like, yeah. And, you know, so Devin's helpful. a great example of somebody who's been trying new things. She, she's so unafraid of yeah. trying new things and not afraid of iterating, reiterating things in her business. And I'm like, see, this is why yeah. I'm friends with people like her and like with you, because yeah, the 
this is why we need people. This is why we need community, right? That's another common thread of this conversation. We need people because you want to find those other people who think and do the opposite, not just encourage you, but you can watch how they're going about things and be inspired and motivated. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you need the kick in the pants to go try something different, you will. Like another one of our mutual acquaintances from Done in a Day, Coley James, I love her to pieces and she will she will hop into my voxer and she will tell me if i'm like absolutely losing it and i appreciate it because i take a step back and i'm like yo you're right (laughs) so you know for people listening go find your people and yeah go find people yeah (laughs) don't let them go (laughs) yeah i (laughs) think the the thing that came up for me too when you were talking about your weekly mastermind was something that I run into a lot when I'm on social media or even just like getting people's emails. I'm like, oh, that's working for them. Should I try that too? So how do you filter out what's working for other people? And if that's something you should put energy into, or if it's just like, okay, good for them. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what I should be trying because I struggle with that. Person. Are we talking about like starting a mastermind or like when I'm in the mastermind hearing what other people are talking about? Oh yeah. So when you are just hearing what people are saying work mm-hmm. for them and you're like, mm-hmm. oh shit, am I supposed to be trying that too? Or like, is that the answer? Is that the key? Like, mm-hmm. is that the set it and forget it life? You know, whatever it is that yeah. you're looking for. Well, there's the shiny object syndrome pool, right? For pretty much anybody where you're like, oh, that looks really good. I yeah. this is not a bang on creatives because this is what makes creatives so valuable is that creatives tend to chase the shiny object syndrome, mm-hmm. which isn't a bad thing in moderation. I personally, this is where my mastermind has been so hugely helpful. It's a group of women who like we're all very different. We all different niches. Yeah. There's some overlap, but everybody does something different. And We've been meeting now for over a year. So actually we're close to a year and a half at this point. And like they know me and they know my business. So if I ever have a new idea or if I hear something new, I throw it into our Slack channel or I bring it to our call, which is happening in like an hour. And I tell them like, hey, I saw this or I've been thinking about this. And they will tell me, Ashley, you crazy. Yeah. Or Ashley, this is a really good idea. I think you should try it because- they know not just what I do and my business and my audience, but they know me as a person. And so I have a vision for what I want my business to be ish, you know, like the kind of lifestyle I want to have the, the kinds of people I want to help the, some of the bigger things that like are a lot further down the road. So I have that kind of as like, you know, rough guiding course. And then I have this really great group of friends and fellow business owners who act as like another kind of decision-making filter for me. Oftentimes they're very encouraging, but again, like they will not pull their punches. They will tell me. So this is why I keep telling people like find a community of people who won't just tell you what you want to hear. They're like, you want to find the people who are going to get up in your face and be like, absolutely not. (laughs) Get up off the mat and try something else. And I'm again, forever grateful to this, this group of women. And Mm. I like to think that I get to play a part, a similar role in their stories as well. But that's kind of how, when I see something new, that's usually like, does this really align with my business? And then I then take it. And when I think yes, then I take it to my friends and I workshop it. Yeah. That's really helpful to, to have. And I, uh, like that's been something I have been spread my own gospel about lately. It's like, Hey, we need friends. And like my daughter suggested, just go up to people and be like, hi, do you want to be friends? And then go from there because it's been so valuable and so <laughs> just such a relief, I guess, to have somebody that you can ease, even, even if it's one person or, mm-hmm. you know, a handful of them, whatever, but it's just been so helpful to be like, hello, please help me. And then you have support 
from someone who actually understands the industry because if I think we've we all have the people in our lives that have absolutely no idea what we do and <laughs> they're not helpful <laughs> right so I really liked hearing all about your pivots and you told me something before this call that I won't say now, but like you are doing other cool stuff coming up. And so I'm excited for that to be out into the world. So if, if you want to know what it is, you have to get on Ashley's email list. So go do that with the link that I'll have in the show notes. And other than that, have a beautiful day and don't melt. (laughs) And I really appreciate you. You, you will do such cool things. Can't wait to see what they are. And we'll talk soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This episode is sponsored by the Unhinged Biz membership. Now, this is a membership that I created as a spawn to this podcast because I was having so much fun interviewing people about what shouldn't be working but is and what rules they're breaking and how they're making bank while doing things in a way that typically would be considered a little out there. So if you're somebody who is either a brand new business owner or maybe you're like about to launch your business and you're feeling a little bit lost, a little bit, what's my next step? This is for you. If you have been in business for a while and you still feel like you haven't figured it out, like things just are not clicking and you want to know how to create offers, funnels, consistency, clarity, flexibility, freedom, all of those things, this is for you. If you're an established business owner who is now finding yourself at a place where you want to pivot and maybe speak to a different audience or totally, you know, overhaul your offers or pivot your niche, whatever it is, this is for you too. This membership is designed so that no matter how you like to communicate, no matter how you like to get support, no matter how you want to work, you have options and you have the ability to really create a business that you cannot wait to show up for every day without feeling like you have to figure everything out alone. Okay. I'm obsessed with this. I want you to be obsessed with it too, if it feels right for you. So go check it out and I hope to see you inside.